everybody and welcome to another edition of the Landlord and Tenant Podmess, the only podcast that has the balls to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi everybody, I'm one of your hosts, I'm Landlord James. And I'm your other host, my name is Tenant Michael, back again for episode 109, <clears throat> pardon me, 199. I had a little bit of a frog in my throat there. Hopefully it doesn't uh, ruin the rest of the episode. It seemed like you were getting emotional. <laughs> I, I, I tear up every time I do something 199 times. <laughs> uh, whether it's um, making a sandwich or going to the bathroom. Wow, that's really cool. Um, I actually didn't realize we were so close to 200. Yeah, it, uh, we're so close to 200. I can, I can almost smell it. I can taste it almost. I can see it. It's just out of reach. <laughs> but here we are, 199. If we were uh, a person, uh, you know, our kids and grandkids would be going, would you die already? We want to inherit the house. Yes. That's a, a long time to live. Did I read recently that scientists said that the maximum age humans can probably live is something like 150 years. Did you see that? I didn't see that, but I, I, I would take that. 150 years. Because um, what? It's like people these days that maybe you hear about someone living to be 120. That's the record that we know of, I think. 120. Yeah. It's always Which, an old lady in Japan or sometimes France. Yeah. Yeah. If your kids are 100 and you're still alive, uh, you might want to think about dying. That would be a fun idea, though, for a sitcom. Imagine a 140-year-old guy <laughs> and his 100-year-old son loses his job and has to move back in. <laughs> and suddenly it's like an intergenerational comedy show. But it's like, oh, you don't understand me. You're, you know, you're 100. I, I'm 140. We have nothing in common. And they both have full-time care? Yes. <laughs> did, you, did you see um, Midsummer? I haven't seen it yet, no. Oh, well, it's good. In that movie, um, I mean, spoiler alert to some degree, it's not really a big spoiler, old people at the age of 72 jump off a cliff. Mm -hmm. It is a spoiler. Okay. Sort of. There's a scene early on when, the, when the, these old people are on a cliff and the, the, the Americans are like, what are they doing up there? This is a cool ceremony. And then the old people jump off a cliff and they're like, oh, God. Wow. What do you think about that? Would you, you know, I mean, I guess the last years of your life aren't necessarily awesome, but. I guess they're not. Yeah. Um, it, it is it's certainly a way to go out and make a splash, you know. Mm. Um. Mike. What if you pick an age, I don't know, could be 72, could be mm -hmm. 50, whatever. You decide to make a splash, you jump off the CN Tower. It's going to incorporate Toronto and like, you yeah. know, you love the city and everything. I love the city and I could see it from like the, see all of it in its glory from the CN Tower just as I plummet to my death. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Imagine as you fall to your death, you just look around and you see like, oh, wow, there's the... The TD Tower. <laughs> or you could see a Jays game on the way down if the dome's open. 
Absolutely. And the darn team's back and COVID is freaking over. Take me out to the ball game. Hey, are yeah. you, did you by any chance buy one of those recalled um, Jay's hats? No, but I saw it on Twitter. They, well, I think they, they were trying to make cool hats for every city, but they got all right. the details messed up. And right. What did they have on the Toronto one? Like poutine, which isn't really a Toronto thing. They had uh, an area code. I think they had just the 416 area code and they had a bunch of Canadian flags sort of stacked very closely together. And they had the word poutine <laughs> on the <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays hat, yeah, yeah. which I think is really is great. That's like a that's very fun. It have, is fun. Um, it is cool. Um, yeah, no, uh, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't get one, but, uh, hmm. um, I think I thought it was cool as well. And so I they did. pulled them immediately because they were made fun of on online. Yeah. I think perhaps all the, all the ones were pulled. Like, I think they were all oh, bad wow. for all the cities. Jesus. And, yeah. you know, speaking of, of poutine, uh, I had a, uh, I was talking to my, to my mom the other day and i often okay i often bring up things that we uh, that i've talked about with my mom usually if they're food related oh uh, i love hearing about it long time <laughs> listeners will know that she doesn't like eggs but yes we'll, we'll eat the hard-boiled them eggs for 30 minutes she'll hard boil them for 30 minutes yeah so they're not there's no chance of them being runny because she doesn't want to run any egg uh during <clears throat> a chat yesterday we were talking about these hats that said poutine on them and uh, she was born and raised in Montreal, and she went on a tirade and said, you know, we left, uh, when, when we left Quebec, uh, we, you know, born and raised there all my life, never heard of poutine. We came back eight years later, it was poutine this, poutine that, never heard of it. And then she said this, she said this, and I quote, poutine is nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> wow. End a, quote. A Quebec born and raised woman. Yes. Saying poutine is not, that's interesting. When did she leave Montreal? I guess my <laughs> thank you for uh, pronouncing it correctly. Um, Eighty one, my family oh. left there and then returned eight years later. And uh, I, I think the problem is that poutine is a French Canadian dish, and mm. I don't think the uh, the English population was uh, was eating it. It might be a rural French Canadian thing. So she, wow. uh, yeah, she wouldn't have heard of it. It would be great to get, like, your mom's hottest hot takes. Mm -hmm. We know two of them, and they're both excellent. One, she, she hates eggs, but yeah. eats them. Yes. Uh, often? Um, Probably, like, a, a few times, a couple times a week, yeah. <laughs> okay, and she hates them. Yeah. Two, poutine is, is uh, nonsense. Non nonsense. <laughs> I would love to know what else she thinks. <laughs> She also made oh, wow. a big pot of goulash a few weeks ago <laughs> and uh, then tried it and she made a lot and then she tried it and she didn't really, she didn't like the taste, but then had to eat, eat it all instead of wasting it. <laughs> it's uh, not fun. I don't know why that's funny. She, so she hates eggs, but has to eat them. She hates the goulash, has to eat it. It feels like, I don't know. Do you ever, like, do you force yourself to eat any food that you, you absolutely <laughs> despise? Not really. Sometimes, like, if I'm making dinner for myself, um, classic guy situation, I'll just make, like, the meat and the potatoes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I'll be like, fuck the vegetables, but I know I got to eat them because I got to keep my bod looking good. So truthfully, 
I'll just pop open a box of spinach and I'll grab a handful and I'll shove it in my mouth and I'll get it all over with and I've seen you 20 do that. Seconds. Yeah, I've seen you do, do that it. once. Because you... I'm like, what's the difference? Yeah. I don't want to spend ten minutes making a stupid salad I don't care about anyway. I remember that though. Were you? I think some, we had been. We were recording an episode. Someone else was there, and you mm-hmm. sort of sheepishly were like, "Guys, this is going to look weird, but I need to eat vegetables." <laughs> and you took a big, yeah, big fistful of spinach, yeah, raw spinach, it in not, my mouth. Shoved it in their mouth, started start chewing. I thought, hold on, is this James or is this a a damn rabbit? <laughs> or Popeye the Sailor. Uh, Popeye man. the Sailor Man. Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, when I'm eating dinner, what do I really care about? Whatever the sort of meat type thing is, or fish, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and the potato, or whatever. You know? So, what am I going to do? Spend 10 minutes messing up a pan or something to make some salad, or messing up a few bowls? Forget that. Yeah. I'm, just, I don't, I'm just eating it for the health anyway. So, why not get it? Give me a pill. Give me a spinach pill. A green pill. Yeah. Yeah. We've we, got a little blue pill. Yeah. But though maybe there should be a little green one. Yeah. Uh, take your uh, color-coded pills. You get your red pill, obviously. Right. Politically. Uh, you get your blue pill Already for your for your your, your ding dong, and yep, you get your penis. green pill for your spinach. Yeah. For your health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you think Popeye uh, would have had a, would have liked having a green pill instead of eating all that spinach from a can? Great question. I also wonder if Popeye would need Viagra, and I think the answer is no. Think of the energy he had when he ate spinach. Yeah. In a way, spinach was his Viagra. He It fills him with testosterone. Yeah. Do you know that a lot, like, it feels like guys really do take testosterone as a supplement to work out and stuff. That seems insane to me. I Yeah, I guess it's pretty common. You see ads mm. for it uh, all over the darn TV. Maybe you see we pictures, should, yeah. Yeah, maybe we should each take it and then like talk about on the podcast like how it's going, how we feel. Yeah, we should do uh, maybe for the 200th episode, we should do it high on tea and then mm. um maybe uh, people will notice that like suddenly we're not talking about fun, you know, easygoing topics. We're talking about, you know, you know, breaking a moose's neck with your bare hands <laughs> or like uh you know, dropping bombs on a different country and all mm. sorts of very aggressive uh, stuff. That's, well, could be interesting. Could be interesting. Or one of us takes estrogen, one of us takes testosterone. And what does that do to the dynamic? Absolutely. We have a, we have a famous dynamic that people yeah. can't get enough of, but... Ooh, people around the world. I, yeah. Th- absolutely. We know we're, we're on the charts in Finland or something for yeah. comedy podcasts. I think we also made the charts in the United Arab Emirates. So yes. hello to all of our listeners listening in the l- UAE. Anybody in the UAE, hopefully someone with oil money. Yeah. I would love for us to get some rich oil man in the UAE to become a fan of the podcast. And you know what? Pay us all this money. I don't think you're paying taxes anyway. Pay us all this money. Bring us out there. We'll live in this weird sheltered sky rise in the desert with you. We'll t- imagine, you know what the, I mean? imagine the two of us doing a damn episode live from the Burj Khalifa, right? <laughs> that would be a special guest, Mia Khalifa. Oh my God. That um, would, you know, love we'd, that. we'd go right to the top of the damn charts. Live from the mall in Dubai that, even though it's in a desert, has a, a ski hill in it. Yeah. It's the landlord and tenant Podmas. <laughs> <laughs> so the Burj Khalifa is in Dubai. Dubai. 
Yeah, I think so. They might have changed the name. Uh, they've they've changed its name. Why? It sounds beautiful. I don't know. They, they, what, what did they change it to? Oh, it's now known as the Burj Dubai. Burge I guess the Dubai. yeah. Wonder why they it's changed the building. I mean, Michael. I think I think it's what is it close to a kilometer high? There's, I know the CN Tower, which was for a long time the tallest uh, building in the world. I yes. think that's five fifty meters. And what is is the, this one like eight hundred or something? I'm, um, I, I have an interest in buildings, so yeah. So yeah, this is uh, listeners. It's the tallest in the world since two thousand nine. Yeah. Tallest building mm-hmm. in the world, and its height is. 828 meters. Okay, I nailed that. So when you look up at the CN Tower, which Toronto listeners will know, you kind of go, wow, that is really high. Imagine it's quite a bit higher. I mean, if, if, yeah. I, if I didn't just paint a picture there, I don't know what I'm doing. And you know what's interesting comparing the Burj Khalifa, the Burj Dubai with the CN Tower is that Drake was able to sit on the sort of rim of the CN Tower for that album cover. Couldn't do the same thing with the Burj Khalifa because there's no sort of round part and he would have to sit on the, the pointy end of the Burj Dubai. And I don't think he's going to do that anytime soon because that pointy, the pointy tip would go right up his tuchus. Uh, <laughs> that's a great and, point. And he knows that. He knows that. He knows that. And I love that you use the word tuchus because <laughs> Drake, I believe, is a Jewish person, or at least uh, partly. So Drake is a Jewish he, person. He that's probably right. He says that when he's walking around at home. Mike, while we're talking about wild buildings, mm-hmm. and uh, ch- check this out. Google, um, it's uh, Google uh, the Maka Clock Tower. I'm probably saying that wrong. M a k k a h. It's this giant clock tower in Mecca in Saudi Arabia, and. Uh, just a little fun tidbit if you want to google it it's you it looks like it's not real it's this giant clock tower in uh, in saudi arabia and it looks insane well it looks like big ben on a night out uh yes you know having some big fun ben if big ben was at the club absolutely and uh having sex wow the maca clock royal tower yeah worth That's... googling people it's it's weird I mean, it's not weird. I shouldn't say it's weird. It's just a wild building. It's crazy. We don't think it's weird. We just we like don't to... Think, yeah. Sh- yeah, we do not think it's weird. Let's get that on the record. When when my family lived in Calgary, you you would look out the darn window and you'd see the famous Calgary Tower. Have you ever seen the Calgary <laughs> Tower? Mike, I've been up the Calgary Tower by myself. Right, because you spent a summer as a young man working for 188-got-junk. 188-got-junk. Right. Uh, yep. Well, this was actually more recently. I was there for a weekend, and I, and I went by myself, and I got a free pass. Um, the Calgary Tower is re- is really <laughs> weird. Because, you know, you can criticize the CN Tower. It's very concrete. You shouldn't. You shouldn't, though. You shouldn't. Yeah. You're, you're a dickhead if you do. Yeah. But at least with the CN Tower... You have to admit, wow, that's a fucking tall tower. Like, you go up to the top and you can see really far. It's like, yeah, you know, you can debate its aesthetics, but it's it's kind of cool that it's a very, very tall and it's much taller than all the buildings in the city. The yeah. Calgary Tower <laughs> combines the, like, sort of 70s aesthetics of the CN Tower, but it's shorter than buildings around it. Mm-hmm. So what is the point of a tower that is shorter yeah. than buildings? So, yeah, I guess they just were like, we need to, you know, maybe at that point it was like, the point is not to have the tallest building. We just want something that looks incredibly ugly in the center of the city. (laughs) It looks like, I don't know. They were like, okay, guys, 
We've got to put Calgary on the map here. We're making a tower. Yay. The budget, though, unfortunately, <laughs> isn't huge. So it's going to be about the size of like a medium sized skyscraper. Not even. Yeah. Yeah. I went up the Calgary Tower and please Google the Calgary, Calgary Tower, everybody, if you're not familiar yeah. with it. If you want to be blown away. Um, Imagine dining at the top of the Calgary Tower. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like the point of going up these towers is, you know, you go up and you 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 go, holy cow, this is a this is a kind of view. I'm, I feel like I'm in a plane. Like, what is going on here? It's beautiful. And yeah. then you go up the Calgary Tower, and it's just like you're on the twentieth floor of a building, and you're like, yeah. I mean, I, this is the view I have when I go to the dentist. Yeah. Not to rip on the Calgary Tower. You know, we love our Calgary listeners, if we have any. I think we do. There's a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse at the top of the, the Calgary Tower. All right, all right. Albertans love their beef. Um, <laughs> and their fine dining. Um, mm-hmm. And we also have a restaurant called the Sky 360 Restaurant and Lounge. That sounds kind of like a club. You know, I can imagine, mm-hmm. you know, a cool DJ spinning up there and the Calgary's most beautiful connected people hanging out there sipping cocktails and you know who knows what they're doing in the the bathroom whoa so it wouldn't be the mile high club because it's not that tall but you know maybe it would be the quarter kilometer club Mm Hmm. yeah well as soon as this the travel restrictions are lifted I think, because, you know, Calgary's easier to get to than Dubai, let's be honest. I think you you and I should go to Calgary and have a nice steak dinner at the top of the Calgary Tower. So, you you mentioned that you... We are are tearing the Calgary Tower to shreds today in a way I was not expecting. No, no, I love it, and I can see... We are just being brutal to it. Downloads are going through the roof. Yes. Uh, we're going to hear from our Calgary listeners. I know that yeah. much. But you know who's going to love it? Our Edmonton listeners, because yes. Edmonton and Calgary hate each other. Absolutely. Um, and when you went, can I just ask to go back? You, you said you went up the Calgary Tower alone. Now that's I did. Uh, that paints a very bleak picture. I'm imagining mm. a, a young a young James Hartnett, you know, after a hard day working at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, you're covered in, <laughs> you know, grime and garbage, you know, garbage juice, and you... you go up the tower by yourself and you're like i'm so lonely i don't know i might uh, i might jump well is that I mean, what happened? i don't even know if you'd be injured it's not very tall you'd probably just like sprain right. your foot right. truthfully i was there as an adult and i had nothing to do for a day and i had a free pass and that's why i went up and you didn't consider you you, you weren't i didn't like, consider jumping off jumping no. right no that'd be that'd be a Interesting way if you were. I'm not saying it should happen, but it'd be it'd be funny to of all the places to jump off of to your death to die from yes. jumping off the Calgary Tower would be pretty funny, you know. It's a bit basic. Yeah, you know, pick go to the Eiffel Tower, go to mm-hmm. I don't know, even the CN, but or the Space Needle, Space Needle, um, the Empire State Building. Yeah, sure, sure. The Shard in London, England. Yes. That's a neat one. Uh, we should mention that we have a Patreon account. If you go to patreon.com slash landlord tenant, you have the opportunity to help financially support this show. And we, we don't just appreciate it. If you help us financially, we are basically, uh, you know, indebted to you for life and we'll do anything you want. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd say anything you want, you know, but we, we would definitely, you know, love you and, um, metaphorically be making love to you and uh you can you know. do anything you want to us you can use us for well, you know your wildest fantasies you can piss on us you can okay i see it more uh, as you know we're we're lovers you know and uh you know maybe you take the lead sometimes maybe we take the lead sometimes i don't quite see it as such a dumb sub thing as you do mike but right well maybe that's just me agree to disagree patreon.com slash landlord tenant Welcome back to the show, everybody, no matter where you're listening from today. Our guest this week is no stranger to frequent listeners of this show. She's an actor, a TV writer, a cat owner, and she even did a book called What I Think Happened. Look, everybody, it's Ebony Rosen. Hey, Ebony. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Just proud to be an actor who did a book. Thank you so much, Michael. Yeah, it's pretty cool to have an actor on the show. Yeah. It's nice to be a, a known a, a actor. Uh, okay, it's nice I to be an actor. Really. I made a mistake. I should have said Anne, but it's too late to, to go back and correct that. The important thing is I listed several of your uh, of your jobs. You listen. You listen several of my jobs, Mike. You're an angel. You're yes. a angel. I'm an angel, um, and I guess we've never talked about how you own a cat before when you've been on the show. Yeah, you own two cats. Two freaks. And they have special faces. What kind of breed? They're yeah, they got, face. they got special faces, special needs. Um, they're they're called exotic short hairs, if any listeners want to give that a quick Google. And they're sort of the they're the pugs of cats. They've they've just been inbred uh, into oblivion, and they've got no noses to speak of, and they mostly just kind of snort and wheeze and cuddle, and that's all they it's all they're up for. It does and, sort of look like there should be a nose, but instead there's just a wall. Yeah, it's cra- It look it looks like they just r- like ran really like too fast into a wall at, uh, at birth, and then this is what happened. Um, and one of them actually did do that and punctured her eye. So one of them, in addition to this kind of like crazy flat look, also <laughs> just has like one all milky eye. Yes. So they're really and the other one, um, Bruno, uh, his tongue can't go in his mouth and he's also allergic to all of his own teeth. So his mouth really stinks, and um, soon I have to have all his teeth removed because his body's literally rejecting them. So it's kind of it's kind of like the cats are like um, weird members of a royal family who they've mm-hmm. hidden away somewhere because they're so inbred. It's very. It seems like something um, like Rasputin should be taking care of behind closed doors. The, my cats. It's very <laughs> like yeah, very kind of inbred kind of ooh don't let them you know good thing all we have now is paintings and there's no television because we can't really let the country see what what we've turned these royal cousins into yeah, it's sort of God. the animals i have living in my home well i've i've seen the, your your cats and i i can attest to the fact that they breathe audibly and 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 some would say painfully and yeah. there's a lot of leakage from now you know now from the nose now from the eyes sometimes from the mouth and, and i don't even want to imagine what's leaking out of the, the the darn back but um it seems like a lot 
fortunately, their asses are nice and tight, so there's not too much coming out of that end. But but there is sort of a like a rust colored liquid uh, coming out of their eyes. So sometimes they're just lying on the couch, kind of breathing painfully, and it looks like just bleeding out of their eyes. There's never been two creatures that shouldn't exist more <laughs> than my cats. But they, God, yeah, God love d- them. Definitely sounds like the end of the fly with Jeff Goldblum. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's yes. very much we, kind of what they the vibe they're projecting. <laughs> David Cronenberg would love to see your the way your cats suffer. Yeah. Hey, he is a Torontonian. Maybe he'd come over. I'd love. Oh, when the pandemic lifts, the first person I'm inviting over is David Cronenberg. <laughs> I think he'll come, but that's more than friends, family. <laughs> parents i would love to just have david over to say do you want to make do you want to do something with these i think you speak for a lot of people when you say that (laughs) yeah i'd love to get a poll going of torontonians who once the lockdown lifts the first person they would like to invite over is is david cronenberg (laughs) a long list Ebony, there's something uh, I'm gonna gonna go there you Uh mentioned a few minutes ago rasputin rasputin how do you say it I think it's a dealer's choice. Uh, okay. uh, Rasputin, Rasputin, Ra, Ra, Ra Rasputin, whatever Ra Rasputin. feels right. <laughs> I love the idea of uh, of Rasputin ha- like <laughs> hanging around the the royal court, just a stinky, weird, dirty guy who's got. Yeah, the- you know what? Can you tell me? I don't know that much about him. Tell me about Rasputin. Well, I think Mike, you told me this because I learned this recently about Rasputin that he was like very disgusting. Like didn't bathe and like was like like that long beard was like quite stinky like bad teeth very gross. Did you tell yes. me this? I I don't remember, but it it sounds like something. It I seem, we have a lot of different conversations about Rasputin, so it's hard to know. I, I think I may have texted you in the middle of the night saying, <laughs> yeah. Ebony, Always. Rasputin was a stinky guy." <laughs> <laughs> Ebony, I have to tell you something. <laughs> well, yeah, he apparently. Um, wasn't a very clean man. He didn't love to take a shower, and he had a big beard. And yes, he just wore like rags. And he probably he was a soothsayer, right? Yes, he was kind of like a mystic, a self-styled mystic, illiterate, um, oh. and loved to drink and loved to to just have sex with with everybody. And uh, somehow wound up, uh, yeah, living in the the royal palace, which is very I think, funny. I think it had to do with the queen because um, the the son famously murdered as mike loves to bring up and point out uh had um hemophilia you know like my cats would if they were boys um human <laughs> boys uh and she, like didn't want it to so like somehow he like got in hurrier and was like oh i can save your son what like very much a case of like of the the like 150 years ago, Russian virgin, virgin of just, like just a rich woman being like, this man's my guru. He's my life coach. He tells me what to do. He controls my son. Um, and I think that's basically like how he conned his way in there. And then the other famous like story about him. I don't know that much about him either. I, I think I feel like Mike is more the expert of Russian history. Uh, so that's why he's always texting me about Rasputin. But I believe that um, like the big thing about Rasputin was that like they... And it's hard to know what's apocryphal, but like he couldn't be killed. Like they like they finally did kill him, but no one actually knows yeah. if he died. They like shot him a bunch of times. They strangled him. They did all these things. And eventually his body like fell into the river and floated away. But they don't know if yeah. he ever died. I think it was the, the thick layer of dirt on his skin protected him from, uh, you know, knife stabs, fire uh, bullets yeah. and yeah, and the water. But yeah, he apparently was very hard to kill. 
um, inspired a Steven Seagal uh, movie title, oh, I guess. And, our favorite topic, one of. And I guess every time I'm of, on the pod, we always talk about Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Um, is it? Do you think I'm right to say that Rasputin was the inspiration for the Peanuts character Pigpen? <laughs> he also was able to heal the sick uh, Charlie Brown characters. That is, but I always thought Pigpen's thing was that he was quite literate. Right? right? Uh. Isn't Pigpen? Or am I confusing him with Linus? I always thought Pigpen was like quite well spoken, despite being, you know, a, pig, a piggy boy. Mm. I don't remember Pigpen talking a lot. I just remember that that famous cloud of uh, of dirt and disease. Yeah. That just sort well, of you know, I'm thinking. Him. So Rasputin is illiterate, a bit mm-hmm. stinky. Mm-hmm. Everybody though really values his opinions and lives with great wealth. I'm thinking he's the Joe Rogan of his day. Uh-huh. You know, right. would Rasputin, if he was around now, have a big podcast on Spotify? I would listen to that. One hundred percent. This like maniac who thinks he's like this maniac con man who thinks he's magical <laughs> with his own podcast. Thinks he's a literal warlock. I would love. I would love to get his home remedies, advice for how to deal with my blood disorder. I think that would be dynamite. Warlocks seem p- more perverted than wizards to me. Like Agreed. I feel like wizards, you know, they're g- they're good people. Warlocks, something's up. Do you know what I mean? I guess Agreed. they get a bad rap S- sexually to me. Warlocks, there's something sexual going on that. I don't know about with them. Do we know what the difference is between a wizard and a warlock? Has anyone has anyone come down hard on this? Is it? I'm just talking off the top of my head here, but I think I'm right. I think wizards are tall and warlocks are just little guys. Is that? Okay. <laughs> no way. I'm looking it up. Uh, me too, because there's also a sorcerer. Sorcerers, sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay, James, you're very right. Because a wizard is someone who studies the arcane arts. They spend hours studying magic, practicing the movements and language needed to cast spells. Okay. Uh, they usually have a spell book to help them cast their magic. A mm-hmm. warlock is someone who knows magic by making a bargain with a powerful entity such as a devil, demon, or fae. Okay. So, okay. You're right. Nailed it. Nailed it. There's yeah. something sinister about warlocks. Yeah. Whereas wizards are great. They're, they're erudite. They're, they're scholars. Hmm. Hmm. You know, the the weird thing is I, I think the Rasputin the magic he did to the sick boy, everyone says that it worked. <laughs> Apparently it did he, everyone hated him to the point that they murdered him. But he, whatever he did, he waved his stinky hand over the sick boy and it and it works. So you gotta you gotta at least give it to him for that, you know? That pig pen's bank was was doing its thing, helping, helping, <laughs> helping that little boy's scabs heal. And so, so what's manner. the deal with Rasputin um, sort of being a big player? Yeah, he was, he was, he was like well the, uh, yeah. he, he, he was used to like, the VIP or, of the time or whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're really projecting a lot on Rasputin and I'm into it. <laughs> if he so, was you a, think if, okay, cause they say like, maybe he never died. And they say the same thing about Hitler. Do you think Rasputin and Hitler are just roommates in Argentina right now? <laughs> Interesting. And now that would Hitler. be a fun, odd couple because I think Hitler was somewhat of a neat freak and, uh, and Rasputin <laughs> exactly. is not. Yeah. And yeah. Like, take, take a shower. Uh, yeah. Rasputin, yeah. you stinky. You have yeah. left the, your clothes all around the bedroom. <laughs> Yet again. <laughs> They're living in a one-bedroom apartment in James's version of the sitcom. <laughs> Chime in. Yeah, they sleep in single beds next to each other. 
<laughs> Good night. Um, there's, uh, have you both seen, there's a, online you can see pictures of, uh, of this jarred specimen of what this Russian museum or whatever claims to be Rasputin's penis on display. And it looks, it, it's, uh, all right. What's he packing? What's he packing? Yeah. It, it's not a bad size, but it, it doesn't, you know, okay. I, cool. you'd be something wrong with you if it floats your boat. Cause it's, uh, it looks pretty weird. <laughs> Of all the parts to save, hey? Yeah, that is odd. I'm just Googling Rasputin's <coughs> I'm penis Googling it too. Images. Rasputin's penis. Here we go. <laughs> okay, well, this is... um. They called him the oh, Mad no, this Monk. This is something else, but I found kind of a stock photo. If Whoa, you it's huge. Penis, and you go to um, Wait. images... There's an it's, image of just a, like a pretty blonde woman who looks like a catalog model kind of leaning <laughs> yeah, around I the speaker with a giant, like what looks like an elephant trunk. And, she's and then like, right under her is like a really zany scientist with buggy eyes holding up the same yeah, jar right. next to his face being the, like, can you believe it? The woman looks like she's in a stock photo. Yeah. But then there's a giant Rasputin's penis in a, in a fluid in a jar. That penis is big and really wide at the bottom and, and really thin filthy. at the top. Yeah. Maybe but, that's the part that's in his body. But like yeah, the, some of that must be internal because that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the guy, the scientist, I presume he's a scientist. He seems to be wearing a lab coat. He's making like <laughs> wide, like crazy Google eyes. Like I imagine yes. that's his job. Every, like he's the tour guide and every time he shows it to somebody he has to be like, huh, look at this. That's Dude, a good there's job. There's freaking hair on it too. What the hell? Give you don't need that info. I've been making a lot of like um in the pandemic like dried beans from scratch where you have to soak them overnight <laughs> and they really like plump up when they're in the water for a while. I wonder if that was the situation with Rasputin's <laughs> penis. I wonder. I wonder if over the years because it's been preserved now in liquid of some sort for over a hundred years. Um oh. you gotta think that takes its there, toll. There are real photos of Rasputin? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. I sort of didn't even know if he was absolutely legitimately like a real person or like kind of a legend or something. Yeah, he only There's... died in like 1916, 17 oh, or something. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, he looks... Did you uh... think he was like Merlin, James? I honestly did. I don't know much about this stuff. <laughs> the Sword in the Stone by Disney was originally going to be about Rasputin, but then... The, then um, He's too stinky. They wanted the character to have a penis still attached so they had to go with merlin i'm on rasputin's wikipedia page and i just saw the like born january 1869 and died and i really hoped it was like 1916 tampa you know like it'd be funny if he died somewhere weird died yeah. brisbane australia what year? in an atv accident <laughs> oh, oh that's uh that's a sitcom. Well, that's the pod. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Um, please subscribe to Landlord and Tenant Rasputin and uh, get on Patreon and uh, good stuff. Here's the theme song to the Hitler Rasputin uh, sitcom. Ra, ra, Rasputin, Russia's greatest love machine. And don't forget about me, too. That was you know? great. Because he'd be like, yeah, he's sharing. He wants to like get some of the limelight. He pushes yeah. Rasputin out of the way. 
Yeah. He's like, well, the dynamic kind of sells itself because it's like Rasputin's so gross and like mm-hmm. stinky, but he's getting all these girls. He's always having them back mm-hmm. at the apartment. And like Hitler is like, thinks he like is like so organized and kind of fastidious, but then, but then he, he has no game. He's he can't get laid. Yeah. yeah. Have you and guys then, seen the movie The Tao of Steve? No. Well, it's a, it's a movie in the in the set in the era, sometime in the '90s about a guy who sort of teaches this nerd how to like uh, talk to girls, and I could see this okay. Rasputin Hitler thing being kind of similar. Yeah, it's like Hitch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Better reference. It's like Hitch. I think that yeah, that they that would be a great premise for a thing helping Hitler uh, date an Argentinian woman. <laughs> While they're down, you know, hiding out. I think that yeah. might be a bit too um, outside of his type. But um, Ebony, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, if you're you're a big history buff, if you could have, I think I've proven that in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could have lunch with any figure from history, real or imaginary, who would uh, who would it be? God, that's not Cronenberger Rasputin? God. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I feel like I don't have like a sexy answer. I feel, I've always been like quite obsessed with Cleopatra. I know that's like an obvious one, but there's so much like mythos around her too. Um, and like, what a fucking freak. Um, that I'd lo- I feel like she would be very fun to meet and you'd have a fucking really good lunch. Like it would be really long. You'd get really drunk. She'd like have a, a lot of stories. Even meeting her, I wouldn't. I still wouldn't know it was real or not because I feel like she lies. Um, <laughs> I'd love it. What were you going like, to say, James? Sorry. Oh, like Sex in the City kind of vibe. Yeah, or just like a very powerful real housewife, but who mm. runs a country, but is like, yeah, real nut. Do you know Can we I, have no idea what she looks like? Cleopatra. Really, yeah. All the like, all that stuff's from like the Elizabeth Taylor version. The only image from the time is like her in profile on a coin, which doesn't look anything like the depictions we do with like the sort of like big coils and whatever. Imagine like, imagine we finally unearth a picture of Cleopatra (laughs) and we're like, oh my God, it's Ron James in a wig. (laughs) I was just going to say Dame Edna, which is the same thing. (laughs) Beauty standards were much different at the time, and she was considered the most beautiful woman of, of all time. Um, that's that's an interesting thing that for a lot of human history, the only way you'd know what someone looks like is from a coin, like your your ruler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine that if was that Tinder. was the case now. <laughs> Imagine that yeah. was Tinder. Yeah. And you can either you can swipe to keep it on the picture side of the coin and you're flipping. You go, I'll look at the moose. Thanks. I don't need her. (laughs) Can I make one more quick observation about Rasputin's looks? Please, Please. James. I just looked at a picture of him and I thought this looks like a guy you'd see when you walk into a coffee time donuts. Yeah. Yeah. Am I wrong? You go into a coffee time or a country style donuts and you look at a table, there's a dude who looks like, like Rasputin sitting there. Yeah. It's a and sea a of Rasputins. And he's yeah. probably got, uh, he's probably, you know, just babbling to himself, like, I can heal your, I can heal your disease. You know? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, not to derail us. <laughs> oh. Who would you guys go to lunch with in history? Huh. My answer felt very obvious, but I'm, I don't, I won't change it. I'll tell you mine. I'd go to lunch with Jesus. And I'd probably and we and uh, and we go to a weed cafe. 
Oh my god. What? Yeah. And I'd I guess be like, he... tell me the secrets of the universe. I guess he did hang out and kind of like uh, dive bars with his, you know, weird followers. So that that's not too outside of the of his comfort zone. Yep, very offensive to call followers of Jesus weird, there, Mike. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe um, <laughs> me and me and Jesus, uh, you know, I, I'd like to learn all his teachings and then absorb them, and then I. I'd then have know the teachings and then I'd start doing it. And then I would become the most powerful man for the next 2000 years. Jesus had his time. He got his 2000. Now it's time for my 2000. That's how I feel. Right. I think that's do you, now James, cause you're at this cafe with him and he mm. could famously turn water to wine. Do you think that <laughs> just, he could turn oregano to weed? <laughs> well, that's pretty, that's a great way to update that. Yeah. I think that's, that's for the 420 generation. Yeah, or, you know, <laughs> if you're a gamer, he's updating your regular HD TV to a 4K TV, so when you play, you know, Skyrim or whatever, you're seeing it even clearer. That'll well, feed the hungry. Yes, he would. He'd, he'd <laughs> be the last person you'd want to compete against in, in a gaming situation, right? Because you'd never <laughs> know if he's winning from his own talent or if he's getting some help. <laughs> help from daddy! Help from daddy! <laughs> Mike, who's your uh, lunch with a famous history person? James Dean. I would ask him for some style tips. I'd ask him how to, you know, how do you, how do I wear my, you know, t-shirt and hold a cigarette like you? And how do I, you know, become, you know, as cool as you? Now, Mike, I hope you're talking about the actor who died and not the porn actor. No, I, yes, I am. Wait, you're confusing me. I'm talking about the star of Rebel... Without okay. a cause, not this porno man. There's a porn man called James Dean also. So. Big yeah. time. And he's alive. He's live. I think. I think. I hope. Yeah. I, think. I hope. You never know with these guys. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yeah, porn stars, wrestlers, and comedians all tend to die quite young for some reason. We'll never know why. But um, dangerous <laughs> professions. Yeah. Although, James Dean the actor, dead. James Dean the porn star, alive and kicking. Thriving. thriving. Uh, Get his penis in a jar. Hey, am I right? Ladies? <laughs> um, well, would it be fun, uh, Ebony, um, you were telling me earlier about um, you, you have done some deep dives in the musical genre of new country. Yes. I think new country is so funny. Um, a friend years ago introduced me to just the idea of new country and, um, I, I haven't like tucked into it in a while, but there are some hits I think, cause I think people write off country who are not country fans. They go, I don't want to listen to this, but mm -hmm. you would be surprised at the things that they come up with to write country songs about. And I sort of believe that the purpose of new country is to kind of, um, keep people in middle, like middle and Southern America doing their like basic jobs and making sure they don't move to the big city. That seems to be like the goal of new country. Yeah. Um, in a way that I find very like insane, like it's like, it's like, it's like playing like a Zeppelin record backward and listening for like satanic lyrics, but it's just like, they're, they're just the lyrics are forward and the lyrics are stay in your town and, and do your job and don't leave um, <laughs> in a way that's really funny. Well, you played me one song that really blew my mind by Toby Keith called Drinks After Work. 
Okay, but here, okay, there's oh, a narrative you gotta, here. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta start okay. with the, okay. the, the, my two favorites, and they're the opposite sides of the coin because Drinks After Work is incredible. But okay, we'll get to you that. gotta start with the Blake Shelton track, The Boys Round Here. Now, the opening lyric to the song, The Boys Round Here, is The Boys Round Here Don't Listen to the Beatles, which is just a very funny <laughs> kind of <laughs> statement. Um, wow. And that one's very much about how, like, it's pretty cool to just be a boy, like, just live in Kentucky and not kind of want uh, any, n- nothing else. And I not believe, enjoy the Beatles. And not enjoy At the Beatles. Cost. Because not cool. Um, wow. Is he, is he still mad? About, I'm trying to think, is he still mad about John Lennon saying that the Beatles were bigger than Jesus? Is that what? I honestly think that might be part of the problem. Because the, okay, okay, the chorus of the boys around here is, um, uh, and like, like, you can't, I wish that I was making this up, but this is a chorus. The boys around here drinking that ice cold beer, talking about girls, talking about trucks, talking about red dirt roads and kicking up dust. <laughs> the boys around here sending up a prayer to the man upstairs. Back woods legit, don't take no shit. Chew tobacco, chew tobacco, chew tobacco spit. That is the chorus of that song. And it's one of my favorite things that's ever happened in, um, in my life, in musical history, um, tenuously connected to... Uh, abc's the voice it's just perfect um i'm obsessed wow. with it imagine being a fly on the wall for that conversation that the boys are having it sounds like the kind of it's a it's, a, it's like a blow-by-blow description of like some men with brain damage sort of having a, a conversation yeah yeah and it just and then they just kind of fall apart at the end and go shoot it back shoot it back shoot it back spit like they just can't yeah it's amazing um, wow. He also claims that they do not do the Dougie in Kentucky in that song. Okay. Yeah. Ra- like, ra- racist? I regret that later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shockingly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not even coded. Just straight up. <laughs> but then that's the best part because the video, I feel like they realized the, like, the lyrics were like very like white boy, like racist, kind of like proud boy. <laughs> so in the video... He's like sitting on the porch at like kind of like a like a like a tailgate party vibe, um, singing this song, and then he sees these like full like very racistly drawn like kind of low rider thugs like in a car that's like fully bouncing down the street like gold grills, <laughs> and at first they're like, it's like a weird interaction, um, but then later the guys show up to the barn party. And they're all dancing together, even though they don't do the Dougie in Kentucky, according to Blake. But it's okay. It's yeah, I'm fun. sure that it's, happens all the time. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, there's a way that you just watch this party happen and you go, I bet that's what it's like to live in the South. That seems the vibe. <laughs> it's Maybe also I, funny because Blake Shelton is kind of rapping a little bit in that song. A hundred percent. So. Yeah. Blake. Um, it's a hit. It's like, it's like the ultimate like version of a song that's just like... Don't go anywhere. This is cool and fine. Please stay here. Don't have ambition. Don't talk to liberals. Just you're fine. You're good. But then, and this is where we get to this Toby Keith song. And I'm sorry I'm talking so much about this. No, this is great. No, this is important. It's important. It is important cultural content. Um, I'd love to know Rasputin's take on this. But um, (laughs) so then there's this. So clearly there's like all these songs. And there's another one by the guy who, um, what's his name? Tim McGraw. That's like, that's the same song um, that's about like, that's also about like a party 
um, and how like we know how to party in the South and like we're cool and never we should we should never go anywhere. I wonder if these songs came out of a if there was like a concerted effort to like stop this exodus of rednecks who were moving to New York City or literally. <laughs> or, okay, Los I Angeles. gotta find this Tim McGraw song because there's like a line in the song that's like. Oh yeah, okay. How did it go? You can have a lot of fun in a New York minute, but there's some things you can't do inside those city limits. Ain't no closing time. Ain't no cover charge. Just country boys and girls getting down on the farm is the name of the song. <laughs> is down on the farm. That was really good. There ain't and no farms in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you can have a lot of fun in a New York minute, but not the way you can down on the farm. Um there's one line about how like don't touch the pigs they get real mean close the gate it's very much like yeah we know what we're doing just stay here hang out blake shelton kind of updated this narrative and i think there's a lot of songs like this but then what happened was all the people who work office jobs in kentucky and tennessee were like where's our song why shouldn't we leave (laughs) yeah there's more to this don't worry yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. What were you going to say, James? I, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. not everyone is literally on a farm. They, yeah, they might work at a, you know, you know, at paper this point, company or something. Right. At, at this point, too, I just like to to offer a thought. Um, most farms are mechanized, so these country singers are basically singing songs to robots. Yeah. <laughs> and well yeah, said. are they singing, sending up a prayer to the man upstairs? Because that's that's the beginning of. Of a Isaac Asimov's sure. foundation novels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boys around here don't read Isaac Asimov's foundation <laughs> novels. <laughs> Boys around here burning those iRobot books. Didn't watch the movie with Will Smith either. <laughs> we don't um, like the original version of the film Solaris or the remake <laughs> that they did with George Clooney. A Russian author didn't know shit. Chew tobacco, chew tobacco, chew tobacco, spit. Spit. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love. Well, the a boys new country around here song. don't read Arthur C. Clarke. Don't read Alfred Bester. Don't read Isaac Asimov. Anyway, <laughs> if Philip K. Dick ever came around here, we... <laughs> and they got mixed reviews on the new Star Wars film. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I'd but, love to hear sorry. that song. And this is Toby basically Keith. that song. Um, but so, okay. So it, they were worried that people working in office jobs, you know, they're getting replaced by robots. So they're working middle management. And how are we going to keep right. them in the South kind of staying and not, you know, having too many ambitions to go to any blue states? So Toby Keith comes in strong. Um, I'm just going to tell you the lyrics of the chorus of this song. One of my favorite things in the world. Been a long day, no break. We made it to the middle of the week. And I'm thinking that I'm probably going to need to get to know you casually. Just having fun. Two for one. Watch a good time get a little better. Ain't no ball and chain for the suits and skirts. Just drinks after work. Drinks after work. Tell me what's it going to hurt to have a little drink after work. And that is the premise of the song. The premise of the song is that people who work office jobs also need country music. And this is just a song about some people getting some drinks after work on a Wednesday. That's the entire <laughs> premise of the song. Um, I'd like to read you just a few more of the lyrics because they're really good. It sounds like this is a classic hump day anthem. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, so yeah, for example, uh, happy hours like a holiday. 
Hang with you's like getting away. Let's conversate a little while. Well, keep me company, catch me up. It's a whole lot better than being stuck in a drive time nine to five. I'd rather see you smile. <laughs> Long day, no break. We made it to the middle of the week and I'm thinking I'm probably gonna need to know you casually. Uh, it's the greatest song I've ever heard. I recommend li- uh, looking it up. The music video itself is like, it's. There's barely anyone in it. It's like almost just a bouncing ball over the lyrics. Like they fucking phone this one in uh, <laughs> for the 401k crowd. And um, it's, I think it's the funniest real song I've ever heard in my life. It, it definitely you should Google this song because it, it, you know, you'd expect maybe there's something going on beyond just the concept of like, hey, it's fun to get drinks after work with your coll- with your coworkers. There's not. It's just, it's like, it's like, uh, TGI Fridays paid him to write this. It's literally just, Hey, it's enjoy. It's pleasant. It's not amazing. It's not incredible, but it's kind of nice to get a drink after work. It's insane. It's, you really got to Google this people. It feels like the same as the guy from Creed singing the song about the Marlins. (laughs) (laughs) That song rocks. Let's go Marlins. It's a pretty uh, mundane subject. I mean, except there, there's a bit of a... You could look at it like if it's uh, a guy pressuring his co-worker to come and, come and yeah, hang out at the bar with him. But It's got a real pre-Me Too energy this time. But I don't even think he's attracted to anybody in the song. I think he just wants like, hey guys, should we go to uh, Chipotle and get a couple drinks tonight? Like, I don't even think he's in yeah. love with anyone in the song. He's just in love with... You know, 5.30 to maybe 7 p.m., having, like, three Coronas. I got to just read you the opening lyrics. People he's not even it's that a- close with. The, <laughs> the opening lyrics of the song are, Talk on the phone, stare at the screen. Doing the job, living the dream, getting paid, yeah, right. Thinking about what uh-huh. I'll say to prove that we should go out for a laugh or two instead of going home tonight. And then right into the chorus about <laughs> two-for-one drinks. <laughs> the, it's, like, the lyrics are so evocative of an office job. <laughs> Talk on the phone, stare at the screen. This man has never <laughs> he's never set foot in a, an office of any sort. I feel like he watched The Office and then was like, wait a minute. <laughs> this Michael Scott guy. <laughs> it's truly wonderful. In the shoes. The, uh, the, like, the, un, the uncoded, unhidden agenda of new country is why I love it so much. Because it's always yeah, trying to do, like, it's always trying to keep people where they're at in a way that is... Yeah, very it's, catchy to listen to, but then you tuck into the lyrics and you're like, okay. Yeah, because yeah. he's not, it's not sort of like, uh, you know, working a nine to five job is soul sucking. I wish I could break free and, you know, do something wonderful or fall in love or something. It's literally like, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, that's yeah. life. Work your job, but you can do drinks after work. Yeah, so don't move, please. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's no song that's like, uh, I want to enroll in a course at community college and learn <laughs> digital music production. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, I learned to code. I went to school and learned to code. I'm the coding cowboy. <laughs> coding cowboy. But that's the thing. The songs are never about how you should have a dream. The songs are always like, are you already living the dream, though? And that's always the premise of new country songs. And they describe what the dream is. And you're like, Jesus, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, this is not. This is just keeping uh, people. Yeah, <clears throat> all, you could argue that these songs are are just designed to keep people uh, miserable. I yeah. feel like New Country would have a song that's like you know, don't need Netflix, don't need HBO, regular TV's good enough for me. <laughs> that's I a got way a, to go. Yeah, I got a pile of dirt outside the window, and I stare at that all day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I also just looked up because the other thing about New Country that kind of speaks to this is that there's so much truck content mm. and like mm-hmm. very romantic songs about trucks. And there was one I was trying to remember and I was like, oh, it's a called. And then I just looked up New Country song about a truck. And there's Florida Georgia Line, new truck. Devin Dawson, I got a truck. Todd Cameron, <laughs> ruin my truck. Riley Green, if it wasn't for trucks. And then the next ruin thing is truck. a top 10 country songs about trucks. 88 songs about trucks and trucking. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, 17 songs about trucks. It's amazing. Take a little ride. That ain't my truck. There's one called Truck Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Yeah. I, I'm looking up the lyrics for Ruin My Truck by Todd Cameron, <laughs> but before I do, I'd like to imagine it's a song about a guy who had some tummy trouble on the way to work and sort of accidentally, you know, had an accident, uh, you know, in the truck and ruined it. Now he's got to get it, you know, cleaned up and he, there's diarrhea all over I the darn place. Burger King, had a bit of bad luck. Next thing you know, I ruined my truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess trucks are. I like, it does seem like the kind of topic that you know country fans would d- would flock to. But does any other genre focus on a type of car this much? Like, I don't think grunge was obsessed with like you know hatchbacks. There's a lot of jazz <laughs> songs about uh, jetpacks. <laughs> yeah, what is the mode of conveyance of each genre of music? Mm. <laughs> Truck is country. Maybe yeah. motorcycle is heavy metal. Does that yeah, mean? I feel like grunge is 80s skate, hair metal. Skateboard. Actually, hair metal might private. be like a jet ski. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a or, private you know. jet is hip hop. Um, yeah. A bicycle is uh, <laughs> queen. Ska. <laughs> <laughs> ska is a unicycle. Ska is a unicycle. <laughs> what? Uh, what about new metal like Limp Bizkit and all that? Uh, what would hmm. Scott Honda? <laughs> what was that? I just said a Honda. <laughs> a Honda. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, what's the yeah? What's the new metal kind of rap rock? Um, um, something kind of flashy, kind of stinky. I feel what's like it's, a, it's like a, it's like a tricked out Dodge Neon. Yeah, or <laughs> it could be like a boat that like a, a, a sort of new metal dude in Tampa might own. That's not super expensive, but it has like a stereo on it. Like or I the kind, kind that of can like... drive out of the water. Like <laughs> yeah. from now. Yeah. Okay. Update. Breaking news. <clears throat> oh. I just read the lyrics of ruin my truck and it's not about a guy having surprise diarrhea while he's driving to work. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> um, it seems to be about a guy who is lamenting a failed relationship and how he with associates truck? the truck with this woman he was in love with. And Somewhere she's left a lipstick yeah. stain on the window pane. He can't what? wipe it away. And even though his truck is amazing, uh, this memory is ruining his truck. And he can't, you know, he can't uh, get over this woman. So Why did she kiss the window of the truck? 
I guess like like yeah, maybe you, you know kiss. your relationship's over when she's kissing the window of your yeah. truck and not you, hey pal. Because my first image was they're making love in the f- truck, and then she turns away from him and kisses the window instead of him. <laughs> Yeah, imagine that yeah. scene in Titanic where like they're like in the old timey car and both their palms go up on the window, but instead yeah. it was just Kate Winslet's face pressed to the window of that old timey <laughs> car kissing it. <laughs> Maybe it was a dog or a cat that he put lipstick on that was yeah, kissed the I mean who knows? We could speculate for hours here. <laughs> hours. Um <clears throat> yeah, truck songs. I know Bruce Springsteen has a few songs about <laughs> trucks and things too but yeah this is uh this it is does, a lot. huh well that's the thing with bruce springsteen because i think bruce springsteen's like very liberal and very cool and i deeply love bruce springsteen but there's like a subtle new country energy to bruce springsteen especially a song i've mentioned on this podcast before um about america that he wrote like in his post 9-11 album that's amazing right what's it called uh, wait, is it the, is rising? the rising it was on the rising i on believe <clears throat> um God damn it! I it's out of my head. It'll come back to me. Oh, was it the song? Um, the song "Al Qaeda, I Dare You to Attack My Truck" by the E Street Band. Um, Didn't Toby Keith have a really aggressive post nine eleven song that blew up? Oh, I think he did. Is that I the think one there he was to a apologize whole... for. Didn't he have to apologize about a Confederate flag situation? Probably. I remember the song I'm thinking of. It's called "We Take Care of Our Own." From the Shotgun oh, okay. Shack to the Superdome. <laughs> <laughs> I think the I mean, Toby Keith song. Sorry, Mike. It's not. It's not a lot. To, this is not a great track record to brag about when he's talking about people living in poverty <laughs> in a shack to having no help from the government and having to live in a in a football stadium. But you know, yeah. <clears throat> I'll just tell you uh, the the Toby Keith song I was thinking of is called "Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue," and <laughs> the lyric I see here is. Uh, Justice will be served and the battle will rage. The big dog will fight when you rattle his cage. And you'll be sorry that you messed with the U.S. of A. Because we'll put a boot in your ass. The American way. It's the American way. So there you go. Wow. Ebony, your um, recollection of the lyrics to these songs was incredible. People don't know this, but um, other than the time you sort of announced that you were reading off the internet, you were pulling those out of your brain. Some of those lyrics. Other, yeah, most of them, uh, the the uh, boys around here, um, the the Tim McGraw one, I do because they really. But that's the thing with them because they fucking embed like they're mm-hmm. so catchy, and they're so e- like they're pretty easy rhymes. You're mm-hmm. rhyming a lot of me and C or C and C. <laughs> like they're not. There's not. There's not like a. There's no complex rhyme schemes. I'm going guessing on there's got to be a lot of luck and truck. Lot of luck and truck. Possibly muck. duck and truck, muck. You know, I, I drive my truck through the muck. <laughs> that kind of thing. And then often, often truck is a stand-in for fuck. Ah. Oh. Right. Because that's because uh, there is literally a song by Tim McGraw called "Truck Yeah." That's pretty <laughs> funny. That is. It's pretty good. Oh, God. it'll be cool if Tim McGraw or someone like this, Toby Keith did a sort of countrified version of nine inch nails closer but they changed the chorus to, i want to tr- i want to truck you like an animal and then they beep the horn um, for the fans i want to truck you like an animal, animal. beep beep <laughs> top of the charts oh my yeah then you bring back johnny cash's corpse to kind of also be like oh yeah remember he's sort of tenuously country related he's still part of it <laughs> Do you, do you remember before Johnny Cash died how he, he released 
those albums that they were very stripped back, bare bones. They were produced by Rick Rubin, uh, and he did a, a Nine Inch Nails cover among other of things. Closer. Of closer, uh, of closer, and. <laughs> Looking back on those videos, it does seem a little bit like elder abuse. <laughs> <laughs> like he was forced to, like, he was in a wheelchair. He could hardly, like, he was in pain and he was. Sing! Um, yeah. Sing Trent Reznor. Sing Rusty Cage by Soundgarden. <laughs> Did he? Was that on that album? Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. It or feels one like of the, the equivalent of Sean Connery, like not understanding what League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was when he took that part, and then being very <laughs> upset after. Oh, was that? I didn't know that story. Yeah, he turned down playing Morpheus in the Matrix to do what? like, well, like he no, he didn't turn it down, but he did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and it was like kind of pitched to him, and he just kept not understanding the premise, and was like, "What?" And then was like, "Okay, they say it's going to be a hit," and then he did it. And then it was like so confused the whole time. The movie was quite bad. And then he was offered Morpheus and turned it down. He's like, I'm not doing another one of these. <laughs> I'm not sci-fi doing any pictures. more of this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. That would be a really different movie with Sean Connery given the pill. Do you want the red pill or the blue pill? <laughs> oh, the blue pill. <laughs> Neil. Yeah, I think we're all happy. <laughs> 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 Sometimes you've got to take Trinity out back and smack her. She doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, listen, Neo. If uh, oh, Trinity gives you any lip, it's all right once in a while. So give her a whack. Uh. Thank God for Lawrence Fishburne. Hey, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I, I remember having my mind blown when I put it together that Lawrence Fishburne had been... Uh, Cowboy Curtis in Pee Wee's Playhouse. What? I never really watched that, so so I'm gonna have to look this up. You didn't watch that? I watched it a bit, but I didn't quite see a ton of it. Is is this the show or the movie? It was uh, the the TV show. The show. I, I've seen. I saw it, but I was really young. I don't remember it well. Oh, okay. I can see. Huh. Yeah. What a weird start to his career. Yeah, and to go like right from that to Ike, I feel like pretty fast. <laughs> I feel like he went from Cowboy Curtis <laughs> to Ike Turner like almost immediately. Wasn't he in Apocalypse Now? So he's going Apocalypse Now, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Well, he the thing is he mapped out his whole career as a very young man, and he he chose every like he planned it <laughs> <laughs> like Will Smith. <laughs> he planned it just yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, start off doing Cowboy Curtis, Ike Turner. Show everyone my range from being a children's performer to, you know, a, a terrifying man. abuser. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, for his final role, Morpheus. I, yeah. I'm sure he's done stuff since then, but I'm going to say it's his final role. And I'm going to say between. I don't think he went directly <laughs> from Ike Turner to Morpheus, but. <laughs> well, isn't that interesting that what What's Love Got to Do With It and The Matrix, both huge sci-fi hits <laughs> yeah. yeah very good point well they it's, wanted tina turner for trinity but um that would have been good yeah but she said the boots were too low um <laughs> they didn't cut did, the boots didn't cut high up enough so she didn't want to do it for the outfit well she did was she in thunderdome or she just sang the song she might have had like a cameo or something in that maybe just maybe just she just dressed like it in the video this is another mm-hmm. random like super tangential, but I found this out the other day. Um, the song "Private Dancer," one of Tina Turner's most famous songs, was written 
Eric Knopfler. Did you know that? Oh, God. From Dire Straits. It was I, written I, as a Dire Straits song, and then they recorded it, oh and they God. were like, mm, yeah, a woman should probably sing this, hey? <laughs> Just the idea of... Of Mark Knopfler dancing sexy in a private room <laughs> with his oh, little bandana from the yeah. yeah with his bandana from that video. Do you and want me wrote, to take it's off? a song's in the first person. Yeah, I'm a private dancer. So he was I fa- dance for money. He was fantasizing about yeah being a paid private dancer. I'll take if you want me to take off my bandana and show you my bald head. You got to pay a bit more, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> That's the real walk of life, isn't it? but that's interesting that he wrote a song from the point of view of a darn uh, stripper he might have written from the point of view of of, uh, maybe that was his thing writing from a character's perspective because i think money for nothing it's like a it's like he's writing from like a working class man perspective right yeah yeah. we all know how posh knopfler was he's a he's a darn chameleon (laughs) yeah absolutely he was the rich little of um his day (laughs) You know what oh I saw the other day? I saw the, um, there was like a list of the uh, the 2020, like the rich list of the richest musicians. Mm-hmm. And at the top of the list was Paul McCartney, obviously. Then you had like Mick Jagger and, and the usual suspects. You had like some of the guys from Pink Floyd and stuff. But number 12 or 15 or something, really high up there, was Michael Flatley. What? Wow. Well, you know, I remember in maybe like the early 2000s, late 90s, it was like Flatley Fest. If you were a mom, you knew all about Flatley and you loved him. And a a lot of men did too. But what a like, what a like fucking lemur's cliff of a reference. Because I feel like we all remember, we remember Riverdance, we remember when Michael Flatley Mm -hmm. left Riverdance and started Lord of the Dance and this was dramatic. But I feel like there's lots of references from like the 90s you could tell to a kid now and they'd be like, yes, obviously I know, you know, Britney Spears is a bad example because she's still around, but something like that. But there's a way that I think if you said Michael Flatley to someone (laughs) that was born after like 1994, they'd be like, I absolutely don't know what that is and i don't really know what river dance is like the reference just like google drops him, off then they'd google him and st- really have a hard time understanding why anyone else knows he, who he is that this was like a phenomenon in the late 90s yeah like a phenomenon his net worth, his net worth i'm just looking it up 350 million dollars flatly yes. wow that he is he's not even irish he's born in chicago yeah Hell flatly. Damn, that's, look that's, at his Google images. He was like buff as I mean his damn dancer. He's pretty buff. He was wearing here's a picture of him wearing leather pants, shirtless with a bandana, and he's sweaty as hell. He's not really buff, he's just sort of tanned and hairless. James, do you think um you should take to Twitter in a really earnest cultural appropriation rant about Michael Flatley as a as a yeah. as an Irish son of an Irishman? I mean, I wasn't born there either, but I'm at least But your you dad know, was, so yeah, my dad was born there. <laughs> What the hell, Flatly? If you click on... So I've sent... Uh, Evany and James have sent you a link to a article from the Irish Times about the uh, the, the rich list. And if you click on that, this sort of... Uh, there's a collage of the people at the top of the list. It looks like a gallery of melted faces. <laughs> this is <laughs> terrific. You've got Sting, Keith Richards, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, um, McCartney's yes, not Flatley. looking great in that picture. 
Elton John, everyone looks like they're melting wax figurines. Yeah. Except just a pristine Rihanna, just in the middle. It's like all these old yeah, white one, melting men and then just glowing Rihanna. <laughs> Rod Stewart looks like if you took a hunk of che- butter, cheese, <laughs> and then put it in the sun. They look terrible. And they're the everyone richest looks, people. <laughs> everyone looks horrible, except Rihanna looks beautiful. And then it's a bunch of like melting men. Even Ed Sheeran, who's young, looks rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Keith Richards just looks shocking. I mean, I, I, I know he's not uh, you know, the picture of health, but he... <laughs> he does. Can we also talk about how Paul McCartney, he just... Nobody could look more like a bird than him. Look <laughs> at his nose. Look at his eyes. Look at the way his hair flips out. It, it, he is a bird. Yeah. Am I alone on this? He's a prehistoric bird. Prehistoric yes. bird. Like a bird know. that ha- like never had flight. Some somebody in his history had sex with a bird. Had to have. There's a lot of kind of animalish looks going on here. Yeah, Andrew Mick Jagger, very kind of ape-like. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. <laughs> also a bird. He, he like looks an so devilish. bird, like a dodo. I bird. think he looks like a turtle. Yeah, he does. You're right. Michael Flatley's face and head are are just gi- gigantic. Yeah, yeah, amazing. But wow. Yeah. yeah, he's got he's got that. Well, you've talked about this, James. I as a as a Jewish woman, I shouldn't say this, but you've talked a lot about what <laughs> happens to Irish men over fifty, where their heads just get very big. Yeah, I think it's a thing. Big big old Irish head. Yeah. That's going to happen to me one day. Have you made preparations for, for <laughs> that happening, James? Yeah. I've, um, you know, already started like stretching out my hats, <laughs> my pillowcases. Um, You've stretched uh, out your pillowcases? Oh, I guess so they can cover the range of your head. Not because you're exactly. putting your head inside. I no, see. no, no, no. Uh, just to help cover the size of my head. Um, <laughs> you know, um, loosening the started loosening the collars of my shirts to be able to get it around the head. Okay. Yeah. Now, that's interesting. So Irish... Uh, Irish head is a thing. Uh, I have moles and skin tags on my body. I think that comes from my Eastern European side. And mm. before we started recording, Ebony, you 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 pulled back your hair and you said something about how you had, uh, in your words, uh, J- J- Jewish hair. Is that is that something? Is that a thing? Yeah, I, <laughs> I believe I said Jew hair, but I could see how scared you were to say that, and you were right to be. Mike was very <laughs> scared there. <laughs> yeah, I think famously, kind of. There's a. You know, big Jewish hair, I feel like, is a familiar kind of thing. Big Folks, curly Jewish you can't hair. see Ebony, but she's got yeah. some big hair. <laughs> <laughs> the secrets of Kinsella, am I right? Aye, <laughs> bang. <hey>. Yes. <laughs> what a betrayer of my culture. Um, yes. <laughs> do, you, do you hate when it's humid? Uh, because does your hair get even bigger and and unruly? Because that's something as a curly haired man myself, I I often have to deal with in the in the summertime. Yeah, it's brutal. It gets really wild. Um, does that happen to your moles, Michael? <laughs> they get big and puffy. In the curly. Humid weather. I have to brush them back. Yeah, mole gel. Yeah. No. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. But your hair shortened. Like, does it get bigger? What happens in the summer to your hair? Yeah, and especially now because I haven't had a haircut in seven or eight months. I do when I wake up or if I, you know, get sweaty on a hot day, I do look like uh, a deranged Ronald McDonald where it just goes out all over. Um, and it's uh, it's 
it's not pretty. Well, I don't know what you guys are talking about because my hair is straight as an arrow. Yeah, and very please. fine. You got baby fine hair. Yeah. So this is really interesting to me. I'm learning a lot. But I think in the pandemic, James, you've been, as a result of your fine hair, but it growing long, you've been teetering on the brink of a 90s Hugh Grant for months. Yes. I, I haven't had a haircut, a proper haircut since last September. And uh, yes, I, I look sort of a, uh, it's a bit of a Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. Hugh Grant yeah. before weddings and a funeral. Um, I'm just trying to part it. I'm trying to do something with it. Um, and it just sort of naturally is doing this Jonathan Taylor Thomas thing, which I don't know, maybe is cool. I feel like I gave you Hugh Grant and you keep trying to young it up and be like, or JTT, <laughs> or JTT. Yeah, JTT, you know. Uh, early home improvement JTT, or yeah, I guess Hugh Grant, but more um, JTT. <laughs> well, Evany, um, before you go, we should mention that you, uh, you also have, you made a TV show. I did. That is on Crave life. in Canada. And yes. I definitely implore you to search New Eden on Crave. And uh, it's an excellent show that Ebony uh, made and, you know, wrote part of and starred in. Yes. Yes. Kayla Lorette, a former guest and myself, uh, co-wrote uh, and co-showed and co-starred in the show. But also, for you big pod mess heads out there, Mike and James are both in it. A couple of delight. cameos. Yeah. Couple of couple of hot little camis by these yeah. two. Yeah. Well, if, we you, know you- if you don't know what what's how big their heads are or what shape their hair is, this is your chance to find out. And yeah. you can see there's a famous close up in one scene on on the mole on my right arm, and yeah. it's dropping. Yeah. yeah, and it, it, that was the, the scene you submitted. <laughs> that was the scene you submitted to the Canadian Screen Awards, right, Evany? That Michael Mole scene. Yeah, it's also my headshot now. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare to get a lot of work from that headshot. Yeah. Um, and your book, What I Think Happened, we'll put a link to that as well in the damn uh, show notes. Um, yeah, and- if you thought I knew about history talking about Rasputin, you'll find that I am uh, similarly underinformed in my book about history. So get into it. Uh, and, and if Toby <laughs> Keith is out there, please get in touch. Call us all. We'd love to have lunch with you. We were lying about Cronenberg, Toby. We just want you. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ebony. Thanks, boys. Love you guys. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 